This is a two-point conversation. Now with your hosts, Chris and Hector. We are back. Yes, sir. This is our version of Happy New Year. Welcome to the Two Point Conversation, our first episode of 2018. I'm Chris, along with my chum, Hector the Shaman. What's up? Hey, Chris, how you doing, buddy? We got a heck of a show today. Oh, yeah, we're coming all recharged and ready to go on our first episode of 2018. Um, let's get it started. Yes, sir. And, you know, in this show, we ever since we started, we rarely do a mention of football. So what a better way to show some love for football than talking about the two conference championship games coming up. Conference championship week. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Hey, what do you think of that that whole thing where of the four quarterbacks, only Tom Brady is pretty much guaranteed to be the starter for his team <laughs> next year? Well, given the fact that Blake Bortles has been like up and down, mostly down, and this playoff has been like his breaking out, breakout? You can say so. Well, we'll start there. We'll start at the New England-Jacksonville game. If you're listening, raise your hand if you had Jacksonville in the championship game. Exactly. Boy, that, that, that that's a neat story. The defense, you know, Tom Coughlin being the architect of this roster. They are true true underdogs in this game. Yeah, that's true. And they, ha- they, they come this year with one of the top defenses in the league. And surprisingly enough, they really went head-to-head with the Steelers. Um, basically, you could say a shootout. But, yeah, a shootout. But Big Ben, of course, shooting more, more than Blake Bortles with five touchdowns. But, man, they went at it. Yeah, they, they went they, at it. They sure did. And if there is a team, I mean, I'm not sure. They have enough personnel and they have the the, the wherewithal on defense yeah. to give trouble to Tom Brady. Because, obviously, you know, Tom Coughlin is the architect, like I said. And, of course, Tom Coughlin coached the only two times New England has lost in the Super Bowl during the Brady era with the Giants. This is not the Giants, and he's not the coach. But they have a good enough defense to, to I don't say stop New England, maybe keep them at bay. But it's the offense that's going to have to really step it up like they did in Pittsburgh. And surprisingly enough... This is a matchup almost 20 years in the making since the 1996 playoffs. That's right. That's uh, right. And it's like, well, let's see if history favors the bold, being the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, it's going to be uh, tough sledding. They have to go with that with that mentality that they're going to really have to earn it. But I think in this, in this case, Blake Bortles is going to really have to have a game. So... Let me see. Blake Bortles, do you think he's going to pull an Eli Manning this year? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Basically, the pick here is going to be, for me, it's going to be New England. I mean, it's, this team is just too tough, man. They just, they don't they don't let up, do they? I mean, whenever you, you talk about the New England Patriots, at least this generation of New England Patriots, all you know about the Patriots, it's winning. Especially when you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. 
and whenever they have like they 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 suffer losses, they still find ways to win, and and it's incredible. And yes, I did not say that word, so no drinking so far. Anyways, <laughs> and, and and the thing is that even even if they lose players, I mean they won the Super Bowl without Rob uh -huh. Gronkowski. Yeah, <laughs> and they beat a team down twenty to three in the game. So it's it's like. You know, in a in um in an era of the NFL where there's a lot of variety, there's a lot of parody. Yes. They remain the constant for the past 18 years or so. It's absurd. And all props to Bill Belichick. He Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, chess masters. That that's definitely how you can just describe them. And yeah. after that ESPN report came out where there was tension between the three, there might well be, but. Boy, does it not show. It, it doesn't on the show field. on the field. It really doesn't show on the field. So it's, who you got? Um, I love a good underdog story, but, man, you just can't go against the Patriots. I'm it's sorry. Too tough. I, I would be, hey, I'm all for surprises. If the, Jag, if the Jaguars upset the Patriots, well, there goes the season. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. If it was in Jacksonville, I would give them more of a chance. But Tom Brady is just too tough. New England, they're unbeatable at Gillette Stadium. Yeah. It's going to be a tough one. So and talk to me about the NFC Championship game, or better known as the Jeff Fisher Rams Quarterback Bowl. Man, you've been going on for that for a couple of days. Um, well, I mean, I mean it's, it's funny. To me, I, I find it funny, the fact that the two starting quarterbacks in this game just two years ago were the two quarterbacks for, for the Rams. For the, for the Rams yeah. were who were not very good under Jeff Fisher these past few years. Yes, in that case, you know, Nick Foles playing for the for the Eagles and Casey Keenum playing for the for the Vikings. That's right. And of course, both under um, strange circumstances, of course, Nick Foles <laughs> subbing for the injured Carson Wentz and Case Keenum who pretty much won the job. I mean, after injury to Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford and uh, and uh, Teddy Bridgewater, he really earned the job by at just playing his way into it. And every time you think that, okay, this is the week that Case Keenum turns into a pumpkin, <laughs> he just doesn't. And then he pulls off that miracle in Minnesota oh, yeah. and just absolutely, you know, plays his way into this really big game they're going to have. On Sunday, you know, interesting the Sam Bradford connection that this game has because he's he was drafted as a Rams, another former Rams. Yeah, exactly. he was drafted by the Rams, then he got traded to the Eagles, and then he he, he got traded to the Vikings. I'll tell you <laughs> what, I, hey, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna do this mention. I'm gonna I'm gonna do a mention here. I was listening to the Rich Eisen show mm -hmm. yesterday, Rich uh, a few days ago, in fact. Uh, Rich Eisen, of course, the big the NFL Network guy, and he, a former sports center anchor yeah. as well, long time, he's a veteran, he knows his stuff, and he said something very interesting. He said that um, Joe Buck, the uh, Fox broadcaster, mm -hmm. told him that Mike Zimmer, coach of the Vikings, mentioned that if he was, if Case Keenum was struggling in that game versus New Orleans, that he was going to consider putting in Sam Bradford. Oh, my God. Which raises the question. Big if Keenum is struggling this Sunday, 
<laughs> would you put Sam Bradford? Sam Bradford, who was traded by the Eagles to give way for Carson Wentz. Mm. It's like Rich Eisen says. Eagles fans would soil themselves. <laughs> but, you know, either way, it's a, it's a compelling game. Two teams with very good defenses. Yeah. Uh, Mike Zimmer is a fabulous coach. Hell of a coach. I really, really like him as a coach. The Eagles, of course, you know, having the best season since the 04 season, the huh. year they went to the Super Bowl. Oh, so Painful memories, huh? Well, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think? Is well, it going to be a rematch of that Super Bowl? Well, it's a matter of wait and see. But I have to say, the Eagles, they ain't got nothing to lose. The Vikings definitely have nothing to lose. But it would be interesting to see the Vikings win this game and be the host for the Super that, Bowl. That's a big element. And I actually have the Vikings in this game, which means I think we're going to see for the first time ever – uh, team hosting the Super Bowl, which is is an interesting dynamic, I'd say, because it means because normally in the Super Bowl, fans from everywhere yeah. go to it. So what's gonna happen when it's gonna be full of people from Minnesota? It's gonna be <laughs> that that is gonna be quite the ambiance if that happens. And a little perspective here: they're gonna be avenging that 2009 loss to the um, to the Saints. And also, this is going to be their fifth trip to the Super Bowl. So let's see if they pull, pull the trigger. Got? Who you got? Well, dude, honestly, I got the Eagles. That defense is stifling, dude. And they're at, and, you know, uh, they're at home. Yeah, they're at home. And even though they don't have Darren Sproles, but they can make up for that offense. Plenty of offense. Yeah, they, 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 they have playmakers on offense. But um, you're not buying the... <laughs> The the Jaguars Viking Super Bowl. <laughs> well, it's a matter of wait and see. Yeah, talk about talk about lack of star power there. <laughs> hey, let's take a quick break. When we return, we're gonna talk some NBA All Star Game here on the Two Point Conversation. conversation now let's get down to some nba talk are you ready chris yes sir let's do it well the nba all-star weekend is approaching and you know the all-star game they they start to they're gonna feature a new a new format yeah that's right they're gonna do the team captains with the two leading vote getters of each conference you know with the leading vote getter of each oh. conference and they're gonna make their picks based on the roster of players between the other starters and the reserves. What do you think about that? Oh, it has not like that street flavor to it. it, it it's right. interesting. It has the street flavor. I mean, I, I do kind of miss... It's fine, you know. The game has evolved and most players are becoming positionless because they can tackle from 1 and 5 and that. 
Mm-hmm. I kind of miss the whole being a little bit more structured and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But again, that's just me having uh, old-fashioned I, opinion. I'm I'm gray on it. You're gray. I want to see how it works out before I really have a good reaction to it. I'm old school. I like East and West. I like I like that concept. Uh, and I like some defense playing in this game too. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? Yes. But you know, I, I I like the East West format and. I don't know. I think I'm in the minority here, but I also like the the format they did in from '97 to '02, where every player had their team's uniforms instead Thank of you. designed uniforms. They used to do that until I think since 2003, we've seen you know East and West have their own uniforms. But I prefer I prefer the team unis, you know. But it's it's an interesting concept. You know, LeBron is finally going to get his wish of choosing between a pool of all-stars. The banana boat crew. <laughs> the banana boat crew. <laughs> hey, what's the what's the bet on, on him taking Durant away from Curry, who probably is going to be the other, the West... The West vote getter. <laughs> that should oh. be that should be quite the interesting little drama. But I, I think it's a nice way to the fact that they're doing it to shake up the All Star game. It, I think I like it, and um, yeah, we don't need to see both teams combining for about four hundred oh, no, points. No, no, <laughs> I, I want to see I want to see some competition, man. I mean, I get it. You know, you gotta save up your energy for. For the second for the second half of the season, that's when things really get heated. But come on, man, the the folks want to see you have a one on one with your favorite stars. Yeah, and the thing is, is it's that whole notion now in the All Star game where it's either a dunk or a long range three point shot. Oh, God. they're exciting to watch, and and when? I and I and I like to see the All Star players do things they normally wouldn't do in a regular game, but. Come on, 400 points between the two teams? I don't need to see that. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to forget when... I think it was in 09 when Shaq did that that over uh, between the legs pass oh, to right. John Howard. Right, right, right. Oh, boy, that was fun. There's a lot of great all-star moments. I'll never forget when, when Tracy McGrady did the you know, off the backboard dunk to himself. It was the first time it's ever been done. A lot of guys have tried it, and some guys have done it, but... Nobody like McGrady when he did it the first time. I think it was in the O2 All-Star game. I believe that one was in Philly. So there, there's a lot of All-Star moments. If you ask me about shaking up the game, I would have done what they did with the rookie game. Mm-hmm. USA versus Internationals. Oh, right. That would that would be cool because it would have a more it would have more of a sense of pride mm-hmm. between the players. But I think that's a little too steep for the NBA to actually do. Well, one one event that I'm looking that I'm looking forward to, and it's gonna sound odd because I rarely say this, but the rookies versus sophomore, because the, the this NBA draft class is pretty good, and I want to see how they how they gel together and play against the, the more experienced guys. And it's kind of interesting that display of athleticism, offensive prowess. We'll, we'll actually get to see who is the more defensive specialist in this game. And and usually those games are a mirror into the future. You see Indeed. a rookie challenge game, 
you know, Rising Stars Challenge game, and it's normally a preview to future All-Star games. So, my question to you now is, who do you think, who do you think should be picked for the, the Skills Challenge? That's a tough one. It's a tough one because we've seen big guys. Yeah, we, I, we saw Joel Embiid, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah, Joel Embiid, Anthony yeah. Towns, Anthony, Anthony Davis too. Yeah. So, so it's it, it's tough because there's so many players with good ball handling skills that it's it's tough to choose. But you know, once we get it, we'll talk about that. Yeah, that's true. Now, what I want to talk about right now, oh boy, is oh boy, people, this is gonna be hilarious. <laughs> Hector's all-star votes. I mean, if, <laughs> if if questionable had a picture in the dictionary, it would be you would see my ballot. Uh, exactly. So, please, <laughs> please explain. All right. Well, folks, I was doing some research for this particular segment, and I just wanted to look for how the how the voting count is going. And since I couldn't see it, I just decided, you know what the heck, let me. Let me do my own my own ballot. And well, for the West, and soon enough, Chris is going to roast me, so brace yourself. Well, I should brace myself for that. Um, for the West, I got Steven Adams. Good God in heaven. LaMarcus <laughs> Aldrich, Devin Booker, Paul George, and Donovan Mitchell. Where do I begin? Uh, all right. and let me, let me let you finish the East. Okay. For the East, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo, <laughs> Michael Beasley, oh god, <laughs> hey. the hippie lettuce, <laughs> Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving, and Ben Simmons. All right, here we go. Let me start with a few positives. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> you gave votes to guys that are deserving. Mm-hmm. But probably won't get the vote because obviously this is a popularity contest. So indeed, you're giving the vote to guys like Lamarcus Aldridge who deserves it, Devin Booker who deserves it, Kyrie Irving who deserves it. So we're we're cool there. Wait, wait, wait! Jason Tatum doesn't deserve it. He's been playing lights out, bro. But you're voting East Front Court where you would normally vote for LeBron. I don't care about LeBron. I mean, you you, you vote for other guys. No, that are. Deserving, like, you know, LeBron. Durant, and, Durant and Curry. And there's other guys like Durant and Curry. Where's Durant and Curry? And where's where's your boy Clay? I mean, uh, uh, and then and then there's the <laughs> Michael Beasley thing, which is, <laughs> I mean, I mean, if, if you're talking com- comeback player of the year or most improved or whatever you want, maybe he'll get a vote. But for the All-Star, All-Star game? <laughs> I, again, man, and I I'm, and I like me some Stephen Adams. He he's a bouncer. I love his style of game. But you're gonna pick Stephen Adams over Anthony Davis or Demarcus his Cousins? Cousin. Come on, man! <laughs> All right, Stephen A. Smith, calm down. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, I'm more uh, I'm more of a Max guy. Come on. All right, all right, Max Killer, man. All right. So, if it were up to you, if you were to make your own ballot, who would you pick? I mean, I, I do the ballot everybody else does. Uh, I'll give you Giannis Antetokounmpo because, you know, he's Giannis. He's, a, he's Giannis. He's a superstar. Uh-huh. But, you know, I'll, I'll give you Giannis. But come on. I mean, you can't go wrong with, you know, 
LeBron or eh. DeMar DeRozan. Eh. Kyrie. I'll give you Kyrie. I'll give you Kyrie. Uh, but, you know, Durant <laughs> and, and, and Curry and, oh. and, and Westbrook and James Harden, and Chris Paul, Blake Griffin. I don't know. Well, I could have picked Dwayne Wade just to spite you even more. Dwayne Wade, Mr. Sacrifice himself. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, uh, boy. Should be a fun event, though. Um, your votes. I mean, they're your votes. Yeah. I'll, I, I knock you. I knock you for them because, well, yeah, my, I know my votes are trash. I get it. Well, no, they're not trash. Some of them. Some of them are I mean, trash. they're your votes. I mean, you can vote for whoever you want. You can vote for, you know, Bismack Biombo for all I care. Whoa. But that's your vote. <laughs> <laughs> no knock on Bismack Biombo. He's a pretty good player. He's a pretty good player. Not an all-star, but he's a pretty good player. It's a banger down low. But anyways, um, should be a fun all-star game. Yes, indeed. Um, team captains will make the choosing. At the time of the recording of this show, of course, we don't know who the team captains are. Um, they would be announced later on, but um, should be fun. We'll see how the new format works. Quick break. We'll be back. the two-point conversation we're gonna talk a little bit of the this new phenomenon going on tv what is it called the uh, the assassination of gianni versace oh yeah the second season of american crime story and i haven't watched anything but my buddy chris here he saw it and he is hyped folks hyped i'll tell you what it's it's not the star power that season one had with the people versus oj simpson mm -hmm. But I was enthralled by the first episode of the assassination of Gianni Versace. The cinematography, the picture's beautiful. And you're tense. And it's just like that season one where you know what's going to happen, but you're tense. And I got to say, I can already sense some awards love for Darren Chris. Man, you, you came here to my house and you were just gushing. And not only gushing, you were, you were gushing... At what's up? And it was like, dude, is is it really that good? Oh my god! I mean, second one. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe it is that good. Maybe it isn't. It depends on who watches it. <laughs> But I, I, I just couldn't. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it. I can't wait to see the rest of the season. I just, I, I can't stop raving about it. But it's, it's so, it's, it's very good. And it's, and it's considering that it's something that happened 20 years ago. It was. A big deal. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of media attention on it. Um, I remember in 2006, yeah. I went on vacation to Miami. And one of my aunts drove me past South Beach. And she showed me the house. I passed right in front of the house. Mm -hmm. And she saw, and she told me, I'll remember. I remember clearly. She said, that's where 
fashion designer Gianni was killed, Gianni Versace. Oh, wow. And that kind of stayed in my mind. I, I mean, I was 10 years old when the Versace thing happened, so I, I barely have any memory of that, if any at all. But, you know, the show is superb. The castings were amazing. Edgar Ramirez, he's a solid actor. And Darren Chris, this is going to be his career-defining thing. And Penelope mm-hmm. Cruz, she has a lot of presence as Donatello Versace. And, and what about, you know, all around? Pop superstar Ricky Martin. How how did he do? Ricky, Ricky did very good, and uh-huh. and and I, and I like to see that he is in that spotlight, and he presents well for the camera, uh-huh. and he's got good presence. So I think he did very well. His character is not just you know a complimentary character. He has some importance. You'll right. see when you see it. But I can't stop raving about it. And FX does. Such a terrific job with their mini series. Yeah, that's true. That quality. And speaking of series, I can't wait for the second season of Atlanta with my boy Donald Glover. Right, dude, right. I'm pumped. They're doing such a great job with those shows. And you think about uh, American Horror Story mm-hmm. and what they've done. You think about uh, Fargo. <laughs> you think of Fargo. <laughs> yes. The, the three seasons. Uh, uh, the Americans. The Americans is another uh, series that has a lot of popularity. The Strain. The Strain. The Strain. Baskets. Mm-hmm. So they they just they just pull out all these good series, good shows, and they're of good quality. Yes, they are. Good castings. Wow. And speaking from starting starting hot to starting cold. Let's talk about the new TRL. Oh, please don't get me started on this one. <laughs> Man, I saw like 12 minutes. Just the the oh, just the the video that they that they have on their YouTube page. Right. I saw that show and it's like, eesh, you can tell I'm actually old. This is not for me. I Look, can't I, believe I'm saying I, that. But. I, I was flipping around a few days ago and I fell into the new TRL, and I said, "Well, let me let me check it out to see how it is." And I only <laughs> I I only stuck around for 15 minutes just to see if they put any music. And 15 minutes turned into half an hour, and there was no music until the host said, uh, "We're gonna continue with our, with our countdown of the five moments of social media that you requested." Oh and I nearly God. fell back on my chair, Three. asking myself. What the hell is this? Where's the music videos? Where's the music? Where's the music videos? All they're doing is is talking and and, and saying things in in current slang, you know, stay woke and lit and all that stuff. They're talking like that and I'm like, I'm old. How how is this happening? Whatever happened with, 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 with the video premieres and with music and with having, you know, legitimate musical artists. Uh, as guests, I mean, I I love the graphics, I love the color, I love the fact that it's in Times Square in front of a live audience, but there's no music. The lights are on, but there is nobody Nothing. home. I, I of the video I saw, they were just interviewing artists, and it's like, okay, it's fine, you know, you, I mean, TRL has always been like this, like like this door for up and coming artists, and during the time that Carson Daly was, when MTV was really MTV, doing our younger years, and I was watching this, and it's like, Instagram is now the gram, 
Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The it, this is this is definitely the TRL for the younger generation. The that well, the social course, media generation. Well, well, of course. I mean, it, TRL even even in our even during our time it was directed at our generation. Yeah. I mean, I, I I used to watch TRL from the time that I was 13 years old until I was about 16. So that audience today is not the same that it was in the late 90s, early 2000s when we were of that age. But it's not it's not that. It's, it's not music. It's not I, center of music. That was my hope. My hope yes. was that, hey, maybe this is a step to get MTV back to a focus of music. And MTV blatantly has no interest in focusing on, on music. music. They should change their name. MTV. MTV is supposed to be Music TV. They should change their name to True TV. Oh, wait, there's a channel. There's like a that. channel for that. <laughs> but, you know, like RTV, like, you know, reality, reality TV. That, that's yeah. what they're... Or SWTV, you know, Stay Woke TV. I don't know. They should do... Oh, my goodness, dude. <laughs> no, you did not say that. <laughs> Uh, we're terrible. Yes, Dude, we're terrible. Here. Horrendous people. Um, w- one last thing about TRL. It's too frenetic for me. I don't know. I just feel like it's too frenetic for me. Like, man, just settle down. I get it. It's the first show, but geez, they're trying to cram up no, a lot of stuff. they've been around a while. They've been around a while, but, you know, it, it's it's all like too, too sugary, uh, you know, too sugary rush for my taste. I, I was yeah. looking at it. I, and I and I was like, you can keep you up. Know, I, I was up, I was with my eyes open, <laughs> wide open, like watching, like what what's going on here? What what's this pace? I mean, I was I was weirded out because a few days ago I was watching and Josh, uh, uh Josh, um, Drake Bell was uh-huh, on okay. the on the show, and I was like, what's he doing there? He's too old for that for that. <laughs> I mean, he's still relevant, of course, but he, I I I said, well, maybe he could have been during our time, but. But it was, I just couldn't keep up. I couldn't keep up. I felt, I felt like the gray hairs were growing inside my ears. <laughs> Tell me about it. And I, I don't know. I wish, I wish there was a, a music centric thing. I remember when music videos from top artists used to premiere on that show, like the big Backstreet Boys video, the the anticipated video. It was gonna premiere on TRL. That's true, and. Oh, what was MTV and what it was VH1? Oh my God, Papa Video! I used to love that show. They tried to bring it back and it didn't last long. But I don't know, music just isn't people's interest to watch on television anymore. Yes, I mean I, I'm not saying it's a it's <laughs> to blame, but you know, artists premiere their videos on YouTube. People have easy access to it. It's not like back in our day, if we wanted to watch a music video, we had to tape it on VHS. Oh my, oh my. And staying in the topic of music, um, I'm gonna bring down the mood a little bit. Um, we wanna say that we were hit with the news of the death of Cranberry singer Dolores O'Riordan. Right. That was unexpected. Yeah, and and it's still a mystery uh, to this moment. Um, it she was, was so young. She was forty six, man. Forty six years old. Ooh. And um, she was a voice. Uh, for the 90s, she the Cranberries um, put on some really good hits that were seminal hits yeah. of the 90s. And, well, um, 
what else can there be said then well may she rest in peace it's a tough loss for music and for the world and of course for her home country of ireland yeah man it's really sad and i was trying back in my younger years when i was in the youth group man i was trying to learn the song zombie on guitar when i was trying to learn to play guitar <laughs> ask me now if i know anything about guitar nope nothing yeah that attempt to learn was <laughs> short-lived indeed like my attention span sometimes <laughs> but hey um you know my my experiences with cranberries is really limited because i was really just cranking on zombie that's one of their songs that i only knew i wasn't really like into them but i respected them Mm -hmm. as artists and whatnot and seeing such a such a unique voice like Dolores is like going out it, it's really sad for the for the world of music right and of course I'm a linger guy linger for me is one of the greatest songs of the 90s it's a song that you know screams 90s when you hear it <laughs> and her voice was so distinctive and it was easy to identify so um, it's a tough loss and indeed well, life goes on, and her music lives on, so. And you're going to see the billboard charts going up. The sales are going to go up oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, uh, we will finish our show for today. Mm -hmm. For my chum Hector, I'm Chris. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on the Two Point Conversation.